0: Welcome to the Paranorm Girl Podcast. I am your host, Kristen. Today's guest is a spiritual medium and the author of a book titled Revelation, a book about what would happen if the existence of the afterlife could be proven scientifically as fact, and the implications and moral dilemma of revealing that fact to the world. Nick Pease is my guest, and I really loved our conversation, and I know you will too. Please enjoy so today i have a very special guest uh, his name is nick pease and he is the author of a thrilling novel about life after death called revelation and to bring him in i just wanted to read the first sentence on the back cover because i thought it really uh encompassed the entire book life after death fascinates us all so what would happen if someone could 100 percent prove it to be a scientific Fact. Nick Pease, welcome to the show, sir.
1: Thank you so much, Kristen. It's an absolute privilege to be with you. And uh, I'm sure we'll enjoy our chat together.
0: Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this. We uh, did already have to postpone it due to a little a little sickness on my end, but you were so gracious and flexible. So I do appreciate you.
1: Well, it's great to see you're well and healthy and uh, uh, you look great. So that's good.
0: Thank you. <laughs> well, Nick. Um, so I, I really enjoyed the book. I really enjoyed Revelation. Um, Thank I know. You. I, I I always say that for for uh, yeah. I have a lot of authors on this show. Somehow that's just the way it went. Uh, even being a paranormal show, but um, this one was special. It's it it was very different than a lot of things that I've read. Um, it, it's a fictional take on something that I think is uh, very real like uh worth talking about and worth looking at from this perspective that you took um so we will get into revelation and uh, your process with that but i was hoping maybe you could introduce yourself a little to my audience
1: yeah absolutely i'll I'll, uh, say a bit about myself and perhaps then if you want I'll, i'll talk about revelation but um yeah uh well i'm a spiritual medium um and wrote revelation very much from a spiritual point of view but i'm a lot more than just a spiritual medium and by the way i don't call myself a spiritualist i think labels cause so many problems in our world i prefer to think of myself as a free thinker i'm still striving for greater truths and will do that to my dying day but i as a five-year-old child um i could hear spirits and it was a very frightening experience because I didn't know what was really going on. As you can imagine uh, a a young child brought up in quite a conventional family, um, conventional schooling, all the rest of it. And this was outside of all of that because it went against a lot of what I was being taught or told. And I realized there were actually far more dimensions than just Earthly existence, because how can I get away from it? Uh, spirit were coming to me. And at first it was as a young five-year-old child, I could hear spirits. I then went on in my teens was when I began to be able to see them as well. And this led me, these experiences led me on a lifelong quest to really find out more about what uh, life on Earth is all about. And. Um, I developed as a spiritual medium I sat in circle at the Spiritualist Association of Great Britain which is one of the best places that you could ever hope to to sit and I was sitting with some of the best mediums of the day I'm going back over 30 years now a long time ago Um, but uh, uh, they were fantastic and uh, that sort of developed my that side of my life but I also went and studied philosophy got a degree in philosophy because I really wanted to subject everything that I was experiencing and learning to forensic analysis. There's there's, there's nothing more skeptical, more analytical than philosophy. It really puts the whole nature of existence and our human knowledge under the microscope so that we really understand what we do or don't know. I think it's a fantastic uh, 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 discipline. So I went and studied that to really coincide with everything else I was learning from a spiritual point of view. So in many ways, I'm a bit of a strange combination because I have this kind of philosophical background, spiritual background. I've also studied the world's religions. I take a great interest in, in scientific development and what's happening within what science today. And so I brought all this together in my book, Revelation. It's a thriller um you can read it purely at face value as a thriller it's an exciting read i'm glad you enjoyed it it takes you at pace through a lot of action a lot of things happen but what underpins it is this premise that says well hang on what would happen if people could 100 prove life after death as a scientific fact so i put all my knowledge all my understanding into the book To reference these things and you'll find that any scientific references any religious references philosophical spiritual whatever are very much rooted in reality in today's knowledge so this is not science fiction this is absolutely what could happen i personally believe it will happen one day probably not in my lifetime but i actually think a device like revelation will probably come about at some point, purely because science is dabbling so much in the study of energy at the moment. And those of us who are very attuned to spirit know that uh, the spirit vibration is all about energy. Energy cannot be destroyed, as Einstein proved. Um, It exists and that's why we go on to live beyond this earthly dimension. But that in a nutshell is who I am, what I'm about. We could talk more about Revelation, obviously, as we go forward, but that's sort of my perspective. And I'm fascinated by life, always have been. I'm just fascinated. It, it, it hit me between the eyes that, you know, as, as, as Shakespeare said, there's there's more to this life than, than meets the eye. It's, it, it's, it's like there are things out there. And I think it's a shame if we don't explore them because it's there for us. Um, so that's what I've done during my lifetime is to really try and find out more about what, what earth, not just earthly existence, but what is the nature of life? Where do we come from? Where do we go to? There's surely got to be more to it than the here and now. I know that to be a fact purely because of my experiences, but I never preach to people. I don't expect them just to accept it because I'm telling them that I've had those experiences. You have to come to it to your, in your own way. You find your own truth, so which I think is beautiful. And I respect people for their individual beliefs, their individual faiths, whatever it might be. It's far more important who we are as human beings as far as I'm concerned. But I do think if you have a spiritual uh, aspect to life, um, then it inevitably has implications for how you live your life, and that is explored within the book as well that's it in a in a nutshell Kristen <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's wonderful well i uh something occurred to me i um your your description with uh the the spiritual mediumship and then going into the philosophy and going into the scientific aspects of spiritualism for lack of a better word um it's very reminiscent i i uh i interviewed mark anthony on this show a while ago and it's it's very similar to what what he was doing and i didn't get to ask him at the time so i'll ask you now being a spiritual medium and this might be my under misunderstanding with all that you already know for for yourself personally what you have experienced what you've seen why coincide with yourself why why contradict that maybe with these more f- like physical uh ways of explaining what you already know
1: i think because i think it's very important i i think rather than just accept the uh spiritual aspect um a bit a bit like religions you know b- believe this because somebody is telling you to believe it I do very much hold to the idea that one should examine everything, uh, test it, find your own truth. And I've often said that it's one of the things that attract me to the spiritual path is that when the guides and helpers come through, they say, don't just accept what we tell you, Um, test it, examine it. And if anything we tell you offends your reason, reject it which I think is a very, very healthy way of looking at things. So I do believe that, yes, I have these experiences, but I still want to subject them to analysis and, and realise, well, what does that mean? Why, why, why is that possible? And when you get into that and you study philosophy and you learn more about scientific development, it actually helps you put it all into perspective. And that's the beauty of it. You don't just come at it from one angle because you have a particular faith or because you're totally atheistic and you may just hold to science or whatever it might be. You actually embrace all human knowledge and say, how do we put this jigsaw together and make sense of what this crazy life is all about and why we can have these experiences? And that's what fascinates me, and that's what I, I continue to to examine and and find amazing. I, I love it.
0: Well, that's and it's very helpful to others too when they can look at ex, at an experience like yours and all the other things that you're you're adding to it uh, to examine it. it. It's helpful to somebody like myself who who does not have that mediumship or that access to that straight access to uh, more spiritual energetic things to just see it with my analytical brain and be like oh okay well this is how it can be real this is what convinces me it's real um yeah you also mentioned so it started for you when you were five and you were brought up in a very conventional upbringing what, what does that mean
1: uh in other words um we went to uh, a christian church we were brought up very much within the confines of what you should and shouldn't believe um education was quite narrow it certainly didn't encompass the sort of things that that philosophy would take you into which would question the very nature of existence and question things which are actually to my mind totally fundamental And I know we're going to get into this later, but I might as well mention it now, Kristen, that in my book, Revelation, I explore many of these things. For example, the five senses. And when you study philosophy, it's one of the core things that you investigate is that how we construct our physical world and our uh, interacting with it is through the five senses. So what we can see here feel, touch, taste, smell. That gives us our picture of the world. And and that tells us how we construct our world, how we understand our world, et cetera. But actually, you look at the animal kingdom, and I put this at the back of Revelation in the book, in the bit that's from the author, just so people can help understand better what I'm all about, is that we know that there are countless examples in the animal kingdom where they have senses far more heightened than ours, and they interact with the world at a far more heightened uh, level of of existence. Uh, They may not have the brains that we have in terms of how our our brains have developed, but my goodness, in terms of senses, uh, and I give some of these examples in the book, and I actually weave it into the story at one point when Ed and Linda are walking around his garden and he remarks upon the cat that's stalking its prey. And he says, there's no such thing as the supernatural. Well, that's absolutely right. There isn't. Everything operates according to natural laws. Just because we don't understand the way all the natural laws operate, we tend to say, oh, that's supernatural. That's above our understanding. Not to animals it isn't. That's their everyday existence. Um, And I cite some of those examples in the back of the book, in the piece from the author, you know, like how bats can fly around in dark caves, their thousands and not bump into each other because they have a sense of radar far more in heightened than anything we can imagine you know an eagle flying high in the sky two miles up in the sky can pinpoint a hair down below while still having 180 degree vision or whatever and can swoop down and and get its prey whales and dolphins whales in particular they can navigate round the earth from bay to bay and return to the same bay every year we don't understand how half of that happens. Dogs have a heightened sense of smell, which is, I was going to say hundreds of times, but I believe it's even maybe a thousand times greater than ours. How do you possibly come to understand that with a human mind? And we don't often think about these things. But people who have pets, people who have dogs and cats, many, many people, many of them sceptical as well, will tell you of examples where their dogs and cats have been frightened to go into a particular room or their hackles have raised when nothing is there these are typical examples of 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 where animals are picking up on on spirit existence and it's quite natural to them to react to it we've lost so much of that but i put other examples in the book um just briefly they're not it's not heavy at all i don't want to give you know the audience, the idea that it's a heavy read at all—it isn't, as you know yourself know. But there are little examples in there which I hope just make people think. It's like when Marty and Jack are in the canteen in one of the early chapters. I think it's chapter three, and the television is playing a ball game from back in the states. And uh, one of the guys, one of the servicemen, and this is whilst they're still serving in Iraq, gets up and switches the television off. And Marty, who's already thinking about what Revelation could possibly do um, for reasons that people will find out if, if they read the book, says to Jack, have you ever thought what what else Revelation could do? You know, look at that television. It's switched off now, but doesn't mean the TV waves aren't in the room. TV waves are still in the room. You switch that medium on and it'll be flooded with light and sound and everything. TV waves haven't gone around. And the analogy is the same. The spirit world is all around us. It's not like there's a heaven and a hell like that. Near death experience people in their thousands have recounted how when they've so called died, it's been like stepping into another room. It's as simple as that. Of course, there are many, many dimensions to it. But yeah, so for me, I I didn't want to just go the spiritual route and become a sort of airy fairy, yeah, I'm away with the fairies kind of uh, uh, peace, love and happiness, although I very much subscribe to that uh, uh, philosophy and I wish the world had more of it. But I wanted that to be backed up with hard fact um, or the science of the day, the philosophy of the day, even taking into account what people from various religions might think, because there's an awful lot of good in a lot of religions as well. I think it's a shame that some of them have been misused over the centuries for for bad purposes. But I just wish we could all work together as one race, as one human mankind, humankind, um, and work in peace and harmony and compassion. And I think the spiritual perspective on life gives you that. It says, look, there's more to this world you know hey old old Shakespeare there are more things in heaven and earth Horatio than are dreamt of in your philosophy absolutely right there are. so why can't we learn more about them and then put our own earthly existence into a greater perspective because when you have that perspective, you can't but hope to live in peace and harmony and to have compassion for others to have compassion for the animals to try and heal the planet and do good things for the environment and everything you can't hope but want to do that we're all individuals we can only do as best we can but that's where i come out so yeah it's it's putting that that natural let's call it psychic ability for want of a better word which everybody has by the way it just depends on how much you want to develop it or not um and putting that under the microscope and saying i want to add to this I don't just want to be a spiritual medium. I want to be a spiritual medium who really understands and knows what he's talking about because he's studied the very things that you need to study to understand it better. And once you've done that, you can argue your case and I welcome people disagreeing with it or whatever. I love, love debate. Um, But you'll stand on much firmer ground because you'll know what you're talking about.
0: Now, Nick, is Revelation the only book that you've got out right now?
1: It is at the moment. Um, I'm actually uh, an advertising copywriter by trade. That's what I do for a living. So I'm writing all the time and I've had things, countless things in print throughout my, my career, but not from a, you know, writing a novel point of view. It's mostly doing it for clients, for their publications or whatever it might be that I'm working on or their commercials, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, Revelations, my first, I'm hoping to, to write further novels, but uh, at the moment that's the only one. And
0: do you have any aspirations to, uh, to write, uh, like s- spiritual meets, uh, scientific with everything that, you know, I mean, the, the spirit meets scientific type spiritual books, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I totally understand what you're, what you're saying. And you're, you're absolutely right. I think because of, uh, what i stand for it will my, my books will always have a spiritual nature but i will root them in knowledge as well so uh, whether it's science whether it's what religions believe whether it's uh, philosophy everything i'll bring all that to bear so that it resonates with people and people really like when they read revelations i say it's it's a fictional thriller but once you read it there is depth in there if you want to skim over it and just read it as a quick fast fun read that's great but if you want to get into it uh, as you know kristen it poses a lot of questions uh, there are a lot of subjects that it goes into where you really think wow i i've always thought that but now somebody's actually not just putting it to me but putting it to me with substance with backup with with knowledge with with a real kind of have you ever thought about this and I love that that I hope and I've had lovely feedback from people who, who read the book who've said it really made me think and I think if you could do that as a novelist it, it's wonderful if you could leave people with with something where they want to pursue something of their own initiative I think it's lovely so yes I've got one or two ideas for future books one I'm kind of is possibly the front-runner at the moment, is about uh, reincarnation. It's something I've had extraordinary experiences of, um, and I've had friends, one of whom in particular is an absolute arch-sceptic to anything to do with spirituality, or which I think is wonderful, because when it happened to her, when she suddenly came face-to-face with her own experience of reincarnation, it was so profound. And I'm actually probably going to adapt her experience to, uh, to form the first chapter of, of the book I'm playing with. So, yeah, they'll always have a spiritual aspect. They will touch on subjects that I think fascinate us all because we all talk about life after death and the possibility of reincarnation and all the rest of it. But people don't really go into it in Greater depth. Well, if somebody can come along to you and say, I'm going to give you a thrilling read and it will be about life after death or reincarnation or whatever. But I'm actually going to give it substance. I'm actually going to give it the kind of background and support that will make you think, because this is not sci-fi. This is actually giving you the knowledge of the day in a thriller format or whatever it might be and saying, now think about that does that make you think what if that did happen and that's what revelation's about these guys come up with this device that can 100 prove scientifically that life after death is a fact how does that make you think do you think it could happen and if it did happen what would the implications for all of us be and i hope it fascinates people i really do
0: well it 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 certainly fascinated me and just to go back a little bit just for my audience yes this is it's it is a very thrilling read like i was telling nick before we started recording it's it's a quick read not because it's a short book it's just very consumable very palatable and it's interesting and it just draws you along it will be making you ask those those deeper questions too and making you think about this um at that level um so you are. You were talking about your own experiences with reincarnation i just want to dabble in that a little bit because reincarnation is such a fascinating topic to me all afterlife theory talk is but reincarnation specifically is almost like evidence in itself these stories that people have about previous lives you know their lifetimes memories um that in itself kind of supports the thought of reincarnation what were your experiences with that or readings I, with that
1: I, oh massively I, I, I've got such huge experiences it's it's a bit difficult to go into in great detail in, in our short time but yeah I mean it's extraordinary what you I, I've had one in particular where uh, I definitely had a previous life as a French peasant uh, back in medieval France and I've had the most extraordinary experiences in this life, which have reminded me of that um, and have even taken me back without me meaning to um, to the area where I lived quite by accident, happened quite by accident. In fact, it was an accident that took me back there because the car I was traveling in with with friends had an accident we had to be taken to uh, uh, the nearest place that they could find where uh, we could be put up and um, the car could be mended and everything. And I recognised the bridge, uh, an old stone bridge. Um, Oh, quite extraordinary experiences. And I have friends who have had similar things. And if you read some of the stories of people who are alive today who can point to their own experiences and like have birthmarks where they were shot in a previous life and things like that, but in far greater detail and who can recount things, names, places can take people back and meet the families of people that they remember being part of. You add all those things up and you have to say, hang on, There's got to be more to this. You can be as sceptical as you like. And as I say, I welcome scepticism. I think we should be sceptical and not just accept things at face value. But every day something happens that just adds to that. And it's something I put in my book as well at the end, in the piece from the author, when I'm talking about life after death. And I say, you know, every year, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people have experiences of seeing so-called ghosts or whatever it might be many of those people in fact probably the majority are skeptical of it are non-believers in it etc etc they can't all be wrong and if you think just one has to be true to prove that life after death is a fact and i put that in there deliberately to make people think wow yeah because actually thousands of those will be true. Thousands of them also won't be true. They may be mistaken, they may be seeing something, shadows, whatever it might be. And you have to be careful, which again is why I say, subject everything to to analysis. Don't just accept things. Um, And there are people out there, there are so-called mediums out there who will just want to take your money to to give you sort of airy-fairy nonsense. It, it it's very annoying because it's completely not what, what true spirituality is about. It should be analytical. It should be thorough in its uh, questioning of what's actually going on. But when you add up all these things, all these experiences that people are having, whether it be reincarnation, whether it be seeing uh, spirit beings, whether it be near-death experiences, another subject in itself, which is massive. And some of the stories that you will read again from people who had no belief in those things whatsoever before they so-called died. Um, Come on, there's more to this than meets the eye. (laughs) That's where I'm at.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you just get to this point of if you look into this world at all, to any extent, you get to this point where there's just too much overwhelming uh it, it's not evidence but it but it is it's evidence it's these stories and experiences and and the the scientific aspects that support it there's just too much to continue ignoring it there's something absolutely. to it
1: absolutely and and that's where i'm at and of course, my lifelong study, which literally has been because it was forced on me as a child of five, and from then on, I was questioning and then obviously studied and and developed in circle and all the rest of it it's a lifelong quest and it won't end even with my death i will i'll carry on you know with my lessons into the next life because i believe that's that's what life is about we come from spirit we are spirit we will return to spirit and we take our lessons from this life into the next life and uh, as you probably appreciate yourself christian it's not just one spiritual dimension there are many levels of spirit existence so uh you know that is a subject in itself these are massive massive subjects that we're only just touching upon um the ancient cultures understood a lot of this and i'm very into those sort of uh, uh, cultures as well and what you know like the native americans and people like that and you know who, who understood spirituality in many ways in a far more heightened way than we do today and and uh, believe that the great spirit is in everything, literally in the trees, the stones, the rivers, you name it. And, and their approach to life was therefore far more on a spiritual plane as indeed many of the ancient cultures and ancient tribes were until they literally had it beaten out of them, uh, which is such a shame because I think one of the problems we face looking around the world today, and my goodness, what a mess it's in is that we've lost so much of that spirituality and I include religions within that. A lot of religions have kind of lost touch with the core spirituality, which at heart they always had. And that's why I say I've got a lot of time for them, because if you take them at their, at their heart, there's so much good within that. Um, and it's just a shame that it's sort of lost its way a bit, uh, and people have lost their way and are wondering and looking for directions, and they're not getting them from their political leaders necessarily. And we seem to lurch into wars and oppression and you know, more than half the planet is starving. This can't be right. This, this just can't be right. And we do have the ability to solve these problems. And I always remember, oh, many, many years ago, uh, Bill Clinton, love him or hate him, made a speech after he'd left office to the United Nations. And he actually said, we have the ability, to feed, clothe, and house every person on this planet if we just had the will to do it. And that's an incredibly profound statement, but you have to motivate all the billionaires, all the politicians, all the nations and everything to live life in a different way to do that. And I think the only way you're going to do that is if we rediscover a greater spirituality, because the kind of material uh, existence that we have at the moment and people want to take property and land Um, the whole thing that's going on in ukraine absolutely crazy when you look at it from a spiritual perspective you know i go back to the native americans they wouldn't understand that how can you own the land it's it's nuts share it share it with everybody share the food share the water share the resources um and i know i sound like a sort of aging hippie going on about these things and and maybe i i am but it, it's just where, where my life has brought me out with all the, the studying and, and spiritual growth that I've done. But as I say, I don't call myself a spiritualist. I don't adhere to anything in that sense, because I think I, I just wish we were all free thinkers striving for greater truth and, and living together in harmony and, and, and trying, trying to, to find a greater meaning to life. Because at the moment... It seems to me you look around the world and what we're doing to the world with the environment, killing off the animals, killing off the the planet. Literally, we're on borrowed time. Um, This can't be right. Uh, But that's where I am. And people can vehemently disagree with me. I welcome that. That's that's the nature of debate. but we're having this conversation because that's what we're talking about. So I might as well be honest with, with all my answers. I can't do anything else but just tell you how I perceive my truth. And we all find our own truth in the end.
0: Hey, guys, this is Todd, Sean, and Nate. And we are from the Middle Ages and Creeped Out podcast. We drop full episodes every Wednesday night or Thursday morning. And our Middle Aged mini episodes drop on Saturday afternoons at 3 o'clock. And if you enjoy discussions about the paranormal, weird, unexplained, and just plain creepy, then check out our show. You can find us however you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what you hear, don't hesitate to give us a five star rating and review. Telling a friend, family member, or even a coworker about us helps the show. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching middle aged and creeped out. And our TikTok is at Mako Podcast. And that's with two A's. Well, Nate, what do you think? That's the end of our promo, and that's a wrap. Well, there you go. So until next time, creepies, Nate is your sound engineer. We are your hosts, Todd and Sean. And they are
1: middle aged and creeped out. Keep it creepy. <laughs>
0: All right, Nick, so I do want to jump into Revelation a little bit and give my audience a little uh, teaser uh, as to what it's about and why they should read it. So you already kind of went through your inspiration for writing it uh, and the background behind that. Uh, You did say something you you thought that uh, we were likely to see something like the machine that you wrote about, not not in your lifetime but at some point you think this is a possibility
1: i think it is um i think the whole history of science and in fact i make some allusions to it in the book is one of accidental discovery I, I actually put one or two of those references as a little bit of humor it's like when ed bishop says to jack do you think newton deliberately shook the tree in other words you know when the apple fell from the tree and newton developed his you know whole theory of gravity it was accidental it's like so many things are accidental or are discovered and then have to be explained to people in ways that after all it's only some 400 years ago or more that Galileo actually said to people hey guys wake up we're not the be all and end all. we're not the center of the universe the earth is actually going around something much bigger. We're part of something much, much bigger. And people didn't want to know, and that's that's less than, well, it's a bit more than 400 years ago when that happened. Um, It's like flat earth people, it's like all these things, and we're discovering more and more. So yes, in terms of revelation, it's because science is investigating more about the whole essence of energy um, and what makes up our physical existence that I think inevitably, but quite by accident, just as it happens in the book, somebody will stumble across a device which can pick up high energetic frequencies upon which spiritual existence takes place. And um, I don't think they're looking for it right now. There are obviously hundreds of thousands of paranormal investigators, but uh, but that's something completely different. This would be something that I think will come out of energetic uh, uh, scientific discovery and research. Um, everybody knows now, scientists accept that everything in the universe is made up of energy. You can't destroy energy. And they're looking into it more and more. And after all, that whole essence of scientific research has only really taken root In the last hundred years ago, ever since, you know, quantum physics and everything, Max Planck in 1912 and all the rest of it, all these things have happened so recently. And the development, uh, the splitting of the atom, which, of course, has led to quite horrendous things as well, but actually in its essence taught people that everything in the universe is made up of these subatomic particles, all vibrating together at a very high frequency, a very high level of vibration, to create what we call solid substance, rather like the chairs that you and I are sitting on. To us, they're solid, actually they're not. They're just all vibrating together, the subatomic particles in a particular way to create that substance. And this is something that philosophy goes into as well and actually says well we need to we need to learn more about this and really under- don't just accept it oh there's a chair right that's fine don't just accept it Ex- you know w- find out more about what the nature of existence is so yes short answer is i do think it'll happen and i do think it'll happen by accident because i don't think scientists who generally tend to be quite skeptical people and good for them they should be um, uh, I don't think they'll be looking for it themselves. I've, it'll it'll completely come out of the blue at them, uh, rather like it does in Revelation. Um, so, yeah, but I think it could happen. And that's the whole point of the book, is that it's very plausible. It, this is not science fiction. When, when people read Revelation, they think this could actually happen. And that's what I think gives it its power, that when you read it, you think, you know what, all this, everything in there whether it's the reactions to the device, whether it's the people who who, who uh, learn, uh, who, who actually create it, etc. All the characters. This could happen. This is how people could react. And yes, you're right. I wrote it in a deliberately fast paced way. Um, they're short chapters. It's a very quick read. You, all those 250 plus pages. You can read it very quickly. It's a holiday read. Um, it takes you along at a cracking pace. There's a lot of action in it. There's a there's humour. There's a love interest. There's all kinds of subplots. So it does gallop you along uh, to the life affirming conclusion. Um, and I think the fact that it's based on something that could actually happen, and I believe will happen one day, gives it that that reality.
0: And I, I the thought I had was we we can only really see advances like, uh, you know, the advances that we're already seeing, you see it within the scope of your own life, which is very <laughs> finite and very small. But it exactly. seems it seems to me, like, especially nowadays, you know, there's a lot of um, institutes and groups doing a lot of amazing work for uh, the, the furtherance of this, this type of research. Um, so to me, it seems extremely possible. Like, I cannot wait for the day that know this the scientific and the logical world meet with this and we finally have that that gray area we can finally define it so in your opinion even if it's accident or no when when could it happen when would it happen? It
1: happen it could literally happen any day or it might not happen for many many years it might not even happen if if science doesn't but i think it will Purely because science is investigating the nature of energy more and more. And if you're going to do that, it will inevitably bring you into the realms of uh, high energetic frequencies and all the other things upon which spirit exists. So I think I think it's bound to happen. Wow. It'd be amazing if it happened in my lifetime, but I doubt it very much. Um, But it could, in theory, happen every day. And you're absolutely right, Kristen. There are many people researching it in their own individual ways and there are thousands of groups around the world and i i because i take an interest in these things i particularly notice them in in virtually every well certainly every free-thinking country uh, these groups uh, exist but i think it'll be more the really sort of cutting-edge scientists the people who are working on um, space exploration or something like that who will do it quite by accident. I think it's terribly exciting because that's just the start of so many other things that they could discover as well. We're just talking about spirit existence, but just look outside your door and peer up at the sky and think of the billions of universes out there. And what is all this? You know, what What? What are we part of? It's massive. And to not lift our heads up from that myopic sort of, I get up, go to work, of course you've got to do that and all the rest of it we're all trying to make a living and all you know in our our own ways but to actually lift your head up every now and then and look at the stars and and dream and think and, and 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 just question: Why am I here? What's this all about? Isn't that important? I think it is. To those who don't, that's fine. If that's how they want to live their lives, I'm not going to judge them. Far, far be it! I would never judge them, and I certainly wouldn't push them or try to make them take my viewpoint. I'm, I'm totally against um preaching and, and dogmatic beliefs and things. I think let's be let's be free thinkers and find our own own truths. But the other thing that's in the book, of course, is Well, what would happen if it was reality? What would happen if a device like Revelation could prove life after death to be a scientific fact? And you've read the book, Kristen, so you know, there would be incredible implications, which is why, in the end, those in power want to put an end to it and an end to those who've discovered it. Um, It could create mass suicides because, let's face it, this life isn't exactly a bed of roses for a load of people? Would it make them want to get to something supposedly better? What are all the other implications that that it would have? And and Revelation, there is depth to it because it poses these questions and says, this isn't isn't just sort of some, oh, yeah, everything's going to be wonderful. I hope it would be, and I think it could be. But let's consider these other very serious (laughs) ramifications as well. And you can just imagine people wanting to put a lid on it because they think this could get out of control. This could have implications, which is why in the book I weave in subplots like the Project Scorpion, which is something that the military are going to launch. And they don't want to have that compromised by what revelation can prove. I'm not going to go into that because I don't want to ruin the book for people, but that's why when you have subplots and themes like that, you say, wow, yeah, this could happen because this is what's happening right now in places like the Middle East or Ukraine or wherever it it might be. There are all kinds of political, military objectives going on where if you have that kind of agenda, you're not going to want anything to get in your way, whether it be the truth, whether it be a different way of looking at things, whether it might be just, democracy and freedom you're going to want to stamp on these things and that's what we're seeing and that's exactly the same kind of thing as spirituality and if we could uh, prove life after death to be a fact would they just allow it these are profound questions and i'm delighted to address them within revelation because i give my perspective, coming at it from a you know philosophical, spiritual, religious, scientific point of view, wrapping it all up and saying, right, there you are. You make of it what what you want to make of it, but this is this is how I'm going to present it in a thrilling format.
0: Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right there would be massive uh, implications to um, a discovery like that as well just worldwide, just like you laid out we won't give any of that away, but just like you laid out in the end, um, I you know it's very realistic that all of that would happen. and uh you know the main character had a had a real ethical dilemma on his hands yes. um yes. and I think that 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 would be the case uh if that were to ever happen here in our real world It would be a massive ethical dilemma for whoever made that discovery
1: absolutely right Kristen, and that's why the main character jack, I also made him quite ambiguous because I love ambiguity in, in whatever you're doing you know whether you're writing or doing music or film or art or whatever because it's very interesting it really engages with people and jack is a complex character he is a brilliant brilliant young scientist but he's also full of self-doubt he's not very experienced with the the other sex so when he meets linda uh, again he's known her from the past you know and, and a, a relationship develops i'm not giving too much away there but um we follow that and we engage with him because we understand what he's going through and the fact that he's made this quite extraordinary discovery and how does he deal with it what does he do because he can see the 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 implications and and then of course when it all literally blows up in his face it's a cat and mouse chase then from then on for the rest of the book of will he will he survive will he manage to get the truth into the public domain and that's the excitement of it and you follow both sides but even the people who are after him you know, the, the White House chief of staff, who uh, uh, Frank Kaspari, uh, who, of course, was his CIA head of station when he was working on Revelation in, in Iraq. He's a great character as well. He's an ambiguous character. He, he doesn't really, he likes Jack. He doesn't really want to take that course of action at first and is persuaded into it by his cabal of kind of co-conspirators and again i'm not going to go too much into that people can read the book and find out for themselves but it's posing the question of how these things can happen and then they take on a momentum and you suddenly find you're trapped in this you can't turn back frank and his people have to see it through to the end if they can jack has to see it through to the end if he can who's going to win and 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 along the way we have all kinds of things happening as i say there are subplots and things that that happen there's all kinds of characters that come in you've got fun people like jason who's a great humorous character who comes in and adds that sort of depth to it so it gives a bit of light and shade um it's all happening <laughs> and then of course you've got jack and linda who are desperate to get it on with each other but they, <laughs> They have, uh, they have their own sort of uh, complications. Yeah, it, it all, but that, that's what I wanted to do. I, I didn't want it to be a, just a real dead serious kind of thriller. I wanted to have so many different elements in there that just make it a fun, easy, fast read. But of course, there's depth in there. There are deep questions. And uh, the feedback I've had when people come to me and they say, wow, that really made me think. It's music to my ears.
0: Well, we are uh, rounding the corner here towards the end of the episode. Was there anything else you you wanted to be sure to let my audience know about Revelation, about the story? Just anything else you want to get in there before we head to the end?
1: I I just hope uh, if if people read it, I hope they enjoy it. And I hope it brings them some hope, some comfort. Um, A lot of people who may read it may have been bereaved or have particular reasons for for wanting to read a book like that and I hope it brings some comfort and upliftment and at the very end of the book where I'm not giving too much away by saying it does have a beautifully life-affirming conclusion I hope that is left with people in their minds and people think yeah this really could lead to a world of peace, love, compassion, toleration, understanding living together in harmony um and if it does that in some people's minds i'll be absolutely full of joy so uh, for those who read it i really hope you enjoy it
0: wonderful all right well i warned you before we started recording i'd have some random questions for you here at the end so shake it off get ready (laughs) (laughs) um all right uh my first question what is the biggest misconception people have about mediumship and what do you wish more people understood about it?
1: Well, I'm going to make a a delineation there. It's, it's uh, I will not call it serious mediumship, but mediumship that really tries to develop in the right way and does it for the right reasons. I don't make a living from it. Um, As I say, my main job is advertising copywriting Uh, that's my career Um, I don't subscribe to these people who advertise in magazines as Madame Arcati or whatever and uh, I think that's just I have no truck with that whatsoever but serious mediumship people who have who understand and who want to go into it in some depth and really accept that the study of life after death and the spirit world is quite a serious study And to do it properly, you really have to develop in a controlled um, and proper way. And that can only be done even if you've got natural talents like I found I had from childhood. I still went to the Spiritualist Association of Great Britain to develop with the great mediums of the day over 30 years ago, because I wanted to, to do it in a controlled environment where you learn how to protect yourself because you do have to protect yourself. It's not because there's necessarily evil out there but there are unenlightened darker uh, entities Uh, you don't want to develop attachments or whatever it might be there are things out there that can certainly cause mischief so to do it in the right way so spiritual mediumship in itself if you if you look deeper into it is a very big subject where um it's not just about saying i've got psychic gifts and that's it i can now predict your future it's got nothing to do with that whatsoever the whole tenet of being a spiritual medium is about trying to prove to people the uh, reality of life after death and therefore if you do sit with somebody or try to give them evidence you're trying to give them evidence of the fact that their loved ones or friends or whoever it might be uh, live on and want to give them messages of love and hope and healing. What can possibly be wrong with that? It's beautiful. They don't come to judge. They don't come to wag their fingers. They don't come to tell you to believe this or believe that. They come with love. Absolutely with love. They come with healing. They come with compassion. They come with understanding for what the human condition is. And they purely want to help. It's perfectly natural. You're not dabbling with the occult. You're not getting into weird things. Yes, you are if you start using Ouija boards and things, and they could be dangerous. Um, But if you take spiritual mediumship seriously and you develop in the right way with people who have taken many years to develop, because it does take many years to develop as a fully fledged, proper spiritual medium, um, then you'll be safe and other people will be safe and you'll open them up to the beauties of, of spirituality
0: wonderful all right i've got an author question for you uh what's the best piece of advice you have for someone just starting their first book
1: (laughs) uh well just do it um but also uh um just just start writing just just start putting things down some people approach it i think but again who am i to to judge what's right and wrong but i think some people do get over analytical about it you know they start. Posting a whole wall with with post it stickers and charts and arrows of where things go and all the rest of it. Um, maybe it's just the way Revelation came to me, but I, I'm a great believer in just sit down and start writing. If you've got the kernel of a great idea, what you have to do is have a great idea. That's what underpins every single book. You name any book in the world, and what will underpin it is a great idea. And then you develop that. Of course, you add your basic plot, your storylines, your subplots, your characters and everything. But essentially, you're driving towards the the core great idea. So, for example, in Revelation, it's the fact that there could be a device that can 100% prove scientifically that life after death is reality. That's the basic idea. What you then do, where you set it, the characters you bring in the action that goes around it all the plots and things that's kind of secondary in a way what you're driving towards all the time is the main idea now when i wrote revelation maybe i was fortunate in the way i wrote it because it was almost like automatic writing i I couldn't write fast enough i actually used a notebook to write it i didn't sit at a computer and i couldn't write fast enough the the whole thing was just coming to me so fast the characters the the ideas the, the plots um and actually wrote it very, very quickly. What then takes the time, of course, is editing. And as many of far greater authors than me have said, edit, edit, edit. Um, and it's so true, you just never stop editing. Um, and so if anybody is writing a book, yes, write it as fast as you can, and then edit it, and you will change so much when you're editing, but it'll all be, all be for good. Um, but I would just say, focus, I'm getting a great idea. Focus on that idea that you could tell people, like I've just told you the idea behind revelation in one sentence. If you could do that and you know, it sounds strong, then you've probably got something and you can develop from there, but it, everything will support that, that central theme.
0: All right. And uh, I'll just do one more question. Um, what is a paranormal supernatural or spiritual subject that you have an interest in that you don't often get to talk about?
1: uh i don't often get to talk about um some of the things like reincarnation fun enough we have talked about it a bit today um purely because i haven't written my book on it yet uh, which will again be a a thriller it won't be a serious uh uh, you know won't be a factual well it will be factual in the sense that the the case studies and things i will use will be absolutely based on my own experiences and those of, of of good friends Um. But reincarnation fascinates me and also the whole concept of we're not going to get into it now, but the whole linear aspect of space and time, which brings us into that whole subject matter of can you actually see future events? And I've had it happen to me many times and we haven't got the time to explore it here. I'm not a fortune teller. Don't profess to be. I don't think you can be. But nevertheless, I do think the nature of space and time is such that it does raise profound questions about whether certain events or even all events have already happened or can be predicted to happen or whatever it might be. You know, there are many cultures that believe time and space is or certainly time is, is circular. So that actually whatever point on the circle you're at, which we are at here and now, could you... Could you arrive at it at at a different point? People talk about reincarnation, for example, as always being, oh, yeah, I was this or was that. What if you were something, but in the future and you've actually come back now to experience this because you need to learn certain lessons? And I know this is sounding crazy, but it's worth exploring these things because they are out there and there are people thousands of people who've had exactly these experiences and will talk to them to you about them and share them with you and they will do it because they're perfectly ordinary people they're people who who may be in the military and the police they may even be some scientists or whatever people with their feet very firmly on the floor and downright skeptical about these things but cannot get away rather like me as a five-year-old child i couldn't get away from the fact that i could hear spirits. That's just to me, it's like two plus two equals four. It's just a fact. And these people have these experiences and, and just think, well, you know, what's going on? I don't understand it. And they kind of shelve it because sometimes it's too difficult to go into these things because it challenges a lot of our accepted thinking uh, of the day. So I guess reincarnation is probably one of those ones that I want to explore more and am exploring more. Even as we speak, it's something I'm researching on on my own, researching many, many case studies, um, looking into it in in greater depth, because I want to probably base a a fictional book on that in the future. Um, So yeah, I guess that would probably be, but there are many things. I think anything that's out of our understanding, which again, as I said earlier, people will attribute to the supernatural or whatever. I think the whole animal kingdom that aspect of their heightened senses—that fascinates me. There's got to be more to that that one can can look into and create something out of. So I'll always be looking for these things and uh, and with, with with fascinated eyes and thinking, well, that that could be something we could really really pull into a book and make people think
0: wow wow that that whole answer is is as i'm there with you but I, I, that's fascinating and uh it's a clue to me i need to have you back on when uh when you do get that <laughs> <laughs> that other book going
1: yeah. well it would be a pleasure
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right sir well where uh where can people find you connect with you and buy revelation um
1: revelations available at most uh, online bookstores um amazon and people like that i don't know if you have waterstones in the states but you know all the big uh major bookstores maybe you don't but certainly amazon is, is probably the most popular but but you'll find it at most online bookstores you can go into a bookstore and order it if you just say revelation by nick pease and they can look it up and they'll be order, able to order it or you can get it direct from the publisher cramford milner Go on Milner.com and uh, you'll, you'll be able to order it from there. In terms of getting in touch with me, I think probably the best way is via my Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's peas underlined nick, all lowercase, so P-E-A-S-E underline N-I-C-K. That's my Instagram address. And I'm very happy to hear from people and engage with people. I'm very open, um, very accessible. I don't hide myself away. Um, And I'm happy to share things with people. As I say, I don't try to to tell people, you know, what I I think they should or shouldn't believe. Absolutely not. Would never do that. But if, on the other hand, people want me to share more about a particular subject or about the whole thing about life after death, very happy to do it.
0: Wonderful. And uh, would you like to close us out with a final thought, words of wisdom, any advice?
1: Peace, love, and happiness.
0: Nick Pease, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you once more to Nick Pease for joining me on the show. Such a pleasure, sir. If you enjoyed this conversation and want to hear just a bit more from my guest, Nick joined me backstage on the Patreon to talk about his early childhood experiences, hearing and seeing spirits, about what it's going to take to wake the world up to the massive spiritual shift we so desperately need, and some thoughts about the afterlife head on over and sign up as a patron of the show to enjoy this and other bonus segments uploaded every month as well as scientific studies and research supporting various paranormal and supernatural topics as well as shout outs merch the pgp book club and access to the private facebook group I had someone ask recently if I thought it was a good idea to make the Facebook page private. Wasn't that hurting the show in some way? And I had to think about that, but the deal is, I have the main page for the show where all are welcome. You guys know I am always down to chat about the paranormal, and I welcome all sorts of opinions and thoughts on this vast, crazy, mysterious world of the paranormal, but it occurred to me that in the fast-paced world that we live in now everyone is so busy and distracted myself included and though we sometimes don't mean to let people we adore fall through the cracks it happens we can't always keep up and keep track and remember to cherish the people who cherish us so i wanted to set up a special place just for those who want that more one-on-one experience, both with myself and others who love the show. In the end, this page isn't going to be about the show at all. It's about building a relationship and a bond with others who have an open mind about the strange and spooky, our own private corner of the playground, y'all. So, if anyone is interested in that kind of environment, anyone interested in making a new friend who's just as weird as you are, jump on board as a patron. Another way you can support the show is by putting all of your belongings into storage and hopping a train to Baltimore. Once there, you'll find a small black suitcase in Locker 25. You will need to get a key from the churro vendor just out the front door. His name is Steve. The code word is menomena. Inside the case, you will find a plane ticket to a private airport in eastern Washington State. Under your seat will be the address you are to proceed to once you land. I will be at this address. At that time, I will hand you a hammer and some drywall tape and mud because I desperately need help finishing the studio. I got tired of waiting for the contractor to come, so I took it on. It's halfway done. Could really use your help to finish it. Or... You can simply rate and review the show, which is also quite supportive. I mean, the choice is yours, really. Just a heads up, you guys, I mentioned a hiatus a couple of episodes ago. The time for a hiatus has arrived. Uh, We will be taking a two-week-long break here at the PGP um, Studios LLC Corporation's and uh, and then we'll get back to it. Also, I just wanted to remind anybody who had heard me talking about it before, September 11th, I will be joining Nocturnal Frequency Radio for their season 15 premiere. Um, I am so grateful that they invited me onto their show. I am so excited, so excited. We are streaming live, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I would head over, if I were you, early and uh, just... just push the notify me button the little bell icon to be notified when that is coming because there's a little countdown clock and it's a lot of fun and and you know what just come come over there it's gonna be a lot of fun that is a wrap for today my good parafam. i will see you back here very soon but until then stay safe keep the night light on and sleep with one eye open